You're listening to The Chartographers. to the Chartographers Happy Hour Minisode, where we're talking about Butch Walker, our beloved, favorite, super hot guy, uh, who just oh happens to make some music. Wait, can that be how we start this episode, is just talking about how fucking hot Butch Walker is? It's Evan Tarrant, the special guest, uh, Sarah Gentile. Hi. Hi. Yeah, Evan was telling me how his dad plaid phase is your favorite. Oh, God. <laughs> Like, I mean, like, so he he was always, like, not unattractive. Let's be frank. The hair metal and, yeah. like, 90s punk phases were not doing him any no. His face is so long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. But he he also has just that just, like, classic, like, when you Cheekbones. tell me that he's, like, a white man from Atlanta, like, this is what I picture. <laughs> you know, that, like, yeah. slender, he's, like, very tall. He's got that, like, nose that Schnoz. I can't describe. Yeah. You know exactly yeah. what I'm yeah. talking it's, about. Yeah, that little, like, button, like, yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's he's just beautiful. Especially now that he has scruff, a little bit of a beard going on. I don't on. even need the gray hair. So oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, so <laughs> normally there's something we talk about at the start of every half hour mini show, and that's the second thing that we're going to talk about. The start of the show, <laughs> which is guys, and I haven't thought about this one fucking bit, so let's dive in. We need to all pick one. What is the worst Butch Walker song? And I know the qualifier you want to put in, and it's not off of Afraid of Ghosts, and I agree with that because Afraid of Ghosts is a bad album. We've all discussed and agreed, so we're going to give that one up, uh, uh, kind of a. Um, moot. I, I was going to say mulligan, and I was, and I was like, coming out like Mulaney, malicious, like oh, I was just all these other words that were just traffic jam <laughs> sure. in my brain right now. So, ooh, here hmm. you go. Look at aging. Hmm. Uh, and my brain is descending. That's uh, <laughs> not what well, we picked for the record. God, I haven't really thought about this at all. Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely one where, like, there are a few bad songs. Like, yeah. there's there's not really anything besides, like, rock vocal power that's, like, cringy. And even that's an interlude, you know? Right, and yeah. that's, like, supposed to be cringy. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, there's not too many that I skip. Even if it's not my favorite or I don't even really like it, I don't skip any, which right. is very odd for me. He never gets, like, obnoxious or annoying, which is mm-hmm. often the, like, easy nomination for this category. Maybe get down for me off of... Wow. Really? Okay. I don't know. It's just, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't defend it on the main cast because it's not like my favorite right. favorite, but I yeah. actually really like that one. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I like where the production what goes. Is that you will get... I like the, the fact that he brings in the strings on it too, but it's just like, again, I just think Vampire Fight and it's just also, like... That or Mexican Coke. It, <laughs> it kind of yeah. reminds me... Um, get Down kind of reminds me of like an Incubus song almost, which is not something that you listen to, but like that sort of like rock, like wine, you know? I mean, I still remember uh, the classic era, Drive, Wish You Were Here era Incubus and some of the earlier stuff mm-hmm. from Dear Science, but yeah, they they were a group that always had good enough songs, but never enough to be like, ooh, light grenades, I want to put that on a mix CD. Uh, sure. You know, that was, that was a whole different experience there. What was your pick for... I don't know. I mean, it might be like Sucker Punch just because that is the one that like annoys me. Yeah. You know? But also it could be like, I don't know, ATL or like... Is that yours? No, I have such mixed feelings. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. 
It's almost one where, like, I kind of want you to just cut out some silence while I look at the track lists. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, do you have one that comes to mind? I mean, originally, I know we ruled out Afraid of Ghosts, but I just don't remember songs on that. Right. So I feel like that automatically Disqualifies kind of, it, yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. Mexican Coke, I was almost embarrassed. Like, if someone else was listening to that album, I'd be like... Sorry. And they were like, this is your favorite artist? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's a very good point. That's yeah. fair. So, yeah. I, yeah, it might be Mexican Coke. I mean, I may, there's probably a different one that if I really thought about it, it'd stick out. But... I mean, that's like, similarly, I wouldn't necessarily want, like, if I was like talking to someone about Butch Walker, I wouldn't want them to listen to like Days, Months, Years, for mm-hmm. example. Just because like yeah. the lyrics of that one are like really kind of like Iffy. gross yeah. patriarchal yeah. misogyny yeah. and I just I'm not about it yeah um, he has a couple where there's some you know slight I comments that make me a little so uneasy. that actually reminds me of we were watching a, a documentary and it was the same guy that directed the synthesizers video oh uh yeah and or- he had an interview with his wife it yeah. was very interesting like the only clip that they included from yes. her in this entire documentary was how she was talking about like butch is a lot like his dad and a lot like his son in that they're like quick to laugh quick to cry and quick to get angry and she like looks really sad and upset as she's talking to the camera about how like you know she can't change it it's what she fell in love with but like you can tell that it is clearly caused like a lot of problems and i don't know if it's in that same thing or somewhere else where she I think just said that she knows she'll never come first. It's always the music first and then I think she does say that in there, Um, And that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Even though, I mean, that's probably true for a lot of artists, but just to hear it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then later on, you see him interacting with the son, and he's just like, I want to go inside. Well, I'll see about that. Like, he's, like, matching his son's tone at, like, every possible moment. And it's just like, it's great that they have a connection. But she also clearly is, like... No, she's in the role of a housewife now, or at least that's yeah. how their relationship is set up and too. And like, she's just handling that because yeah. sometimes he'll be on tour and sometimes he'll just, you know. But then there's also sweet moments when like he's away and he describes playing uh, uh, Be Good Until Then for his son at like their kindergarten or whatever. And like his son, who's yeah. always spastic, is just looking at him the whole time. It's like yeah. actually very sweet. So, yeah, it's interesting. He has brought his son out on stage. I know, like, I keep yeah. talking, I've seen him. Probably ten times at this point. Wow! So I, I'm going to continue to bring it up, but I mean, his son's really cute. And you can tell he just adores him both ways, actually. You know, yeah. um, so do that's you, really sweet. Do you have a favorite time that you saw him live? Or like a top two or three? Yeah. I definitely have a least favorite time. Okay. I can talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. By all means. So he. Had Sorry, <laughs> but the truth comes out. You like being honest. This is honest. This is you. our bitch walker story. <laughs> hey. Um. So I went to his holiday show a couple years ago, and it was right after he put out that like Christmas album, yeah. and I wasn't expecting it to be a full holiday show, and it ended up, like, he did some of his own songs eventually, but it definitely, like, started out for maybe the first 45 minutes, only Christmas music, oh, no. and even Butch Walker can't get me to like Christmas music. Yeah, I just sorry. I'm yeah. not a fan. Um, so that was my least favorite. Other than that, um, he just plays House of Blues a lot, and he comes down into the crowd. And House of Blues isn't my favorite venue because it's hard for short people to see there. Totally. <laughs> it's hard for tall people to see there sometimes. Yeah. yeah. The balconies are not well designed. It's honestly, like, really annoying yes. for how high profile of a venue it yes. is. Yes. 
Um, but I do feel like at that venue, he can really connect really well to the crowd, so I like seeing him at House of Blues. Right. Mm-hmm. I understand that. You also talked about one time you went to see him in a show in Georgia, yeah. and you were in, there was some weird stuff with the VIP or whatever. Yeah, yeah. so um, it was at the Music Midtown Festival he was playing, um, and... The VIP section was very large and directly in front of the stage, so anyone who actually wanted to see him was kind of set back, and there were only a few VIPs that wanted to watch his set. Um, so he kind of just felt very far away from the crowd. And, his and real then, fans, yeah. Yeah, and I think he just wasn't kind of getting the feedback he expected out of his hometown, probably because it was a festival, and mm. it was like a very like pop-heavy festival, so I don't think a lot of his fans were there. And so I think he was just disappointed in general, and his frustration was definitely showing. Um, and it, I then saw him in Chicago a few days later, and it was completely different. Um, so I was really excited to see him in his hometown and like thriving, and it was a totally different experience than I was expecting. Weird. Yeah. Um, That's I, too bad. I want to talk about our favorite Butch Walker Productions. For a second, too. Sure. Yeah. Any ones that come to mind for you? I mean, obviously, Fall Out Boy. Yes. Um, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, of course. But yeah, those are probably... That's really how I fell in love with him. So mm-hmm. I think those will always be the top. Um, and then I just really, in his book, I liked hearing about him working with Pink. I think he like mentioned writing a song about Casey while he was like sitting there, um, kind of like ripping him apart when they were kind of going through a tough time. Oh, wow. Um, so that was like interesting and fun. Um, so yeah. Very cool. Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> yeah. I remember because I remember during an interview I revisited them a little bit. You talked about how you have like a you know favorite songwriting session or something else that comes to mind or something you did for another artist. And he talked about like how it may not be his favorite, but he talked about how when My Happy Ending by Avril Lavigne, which mm-hmm. he helped produce and co-write, when that made it to the radio, it was a top ten in the U.S. And it's just like hearing a song that I worked on on the radio. He said was just trippy, yeah. but also. Also, he talked about like the with writing with her was very important because like he kind of came up with the chorus for that song and she's like, nah, there's too many words. And he talked about how she like turned her head to the side when she heard it, and he's like, as soon as I saw that, I saw a million girls doing the exact same thing of just like, nah. yeah, and like it just like for him, it's just like I can't get too wordy, I can like you know not yeah. break it. And then he had immense praise for uh, Max Martin too because he says Max Martin's strength is that he doesn't have a hundred percent full grasp on the English language because he's like, oh yeah, think about yeah. Think about So What by Pink, because he's like, I would never write a song like that. So what? I'm just a rock star. I've got my rock moves. And I don't... And it's just like, I would never write that lyric ever. But he's a genius, because he can write that lyric. Yeah. Right. Have you guys ever listened to the podcast, um, And the Writer Is? Mm. Highly recommend. It's Ross Golan, huge pop writer. Uh Um, But something he had on was explaining that that's why the Swedes are so good, because... They have to simplify the lyrics, uh-huh. um, and it really helps connect to the broader audience. Then, yeah, I have never thought of it in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's gotta be more to it than just that. Why yeah, right, 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 specifically? Right, right. But still, that's like a yeah. clearly yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. If you get a chance, I would also uh, on that same note recommend uh, Chris Malamfi's a Hit Parade podcast, where he kind of just talks about like chart history and kind of the history behind the side. He has one about Britney Spears' baby one more time, but it's so much more about Max Martin. And the songwriting studio he came from and just like how they kind of worked their way into it and how just like, you know, again, Baby One More Time is still a weird lyric to say, hit me, baby, one more time. Like, hit me up on the phone is what they mean. But to the American audience, there's enough vagueness in Uh the phrase hit that it kind of is just like, 
wait, what are you yeah. talking about exactly? So like it could be any number yeah. of things. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And so and that was the power of it too. Yeah. It's just that little bit of mystery, which a lot of people and he even uh, in our interview talked about like he just thinks the mystique from rock is gone too. But I remember even back once in an interview for Spin talked about how the mystique is right because he remembers like I remember looking at a Devo album and just being like seeing those little pyramid hats they wear and on the back of it was a large version of that I'm like did they live in there like I didn't know I was so young at the time like and he just said he talks about like how now everyone's out there all the time so the sense of mystery is always great it's always helpful even like when Beyonce drops the whole album yeah. and I filmed all the music videos too and you're like yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Like it's just kind of like, how did I not know about yeah. this? Yeah. It takes a little bit more effort to do that kind of thing now, so it's mm -hmm. more respectable. Yeah. Right. Like it takes this. Like you have to curate your public life to be private in order to pull yeah. something like that off, mm -hmm. because so many people are just social media all the time. Like. They're saying, I'll, oh, I'm in the studio. Here's me with this producer. And it's like, okay, oh my so God, we know they're in the studio with, with them. Dr. Like, oh, it's so exciting. Yeah. But like, that's yeah. nine months before the record comes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have any um, songs that he's produced that you don't particularly like? Because I definitely do. Oh, I mean that Avril Lavigne song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like, it's weird. Oh, well, you know, it's kind of weird that we did an entire episode on fucking Weezer and we didn't <laughs> mention how he produced Specific Daydream. Yeah, and he was so excited for it. Well, yeah. didn't he also do Ratitude? He did a few songs off of Ratitude, but more specifically, he did the only good song off it, which is If You're Wondering If You Want You To, I Want You To. Oh, okay. That's like the only butch song on there and also yeah. the best song on the album. Easily. Off that terrible so album. Bad. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, but he produced all of Pacific Daydream. Which is not f fantastic, but... Might yeah. not be his fault. Probably, <laughs> right. His production is probably <laughs> why it's, like, actually listenable. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, f I forgot he produced, like, one or two songs off of Infinity on High by Fall Out Boy, mm -hmm. which is, Oh, like, yeah, wild, and they're not know? my favorite songs yeah. off that record. That's like, I, that's, like, a really formative record for me. And he has, like, the two songs, like, right at the end, and they're both, like, mm, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... The last two songs on a 14-track album, mm -hmm. I don't always make it that far. But, like, legitimately, the work that he did on uh, Save Rock and Roll is kind of amazing, especially, I know what my songs did in the dark, because when he talks about the, there you're in the dog with the burn, burn, like, it just kind of this, like, weird thing in the verse of this, like, pure breaking the lyric with a sound hit is, like, that's kind of wild, actually. But do you feel like the Panic album that came out around the same time kind of sounds the same? Because... I do. <laughs> uh, the Ballad of Mona Lisa is a shitty song, and there's no way could... And that's the problem with Panic! at the Disco. They have one... In my opinion, they have a very good album. That's actually Death of a Bachelor, which is like... Oh, them love going it. Full, love they it. fully bend into, like, we're going to be a fucking Vegas act, and we're going to own it, and they just fucking do, and it's just yeah. great. Horn sections all the way up the shit, and then they have high hopes, and that's a whole issue outside of itself. But uh, thank you, Mary Pete. But that song wasn't, like, terrible until it got overexposed. Right, yeah. right? exactly. Before I liked it until I, it was yeah. a hit. Yeah. I'm a big Panic fan, but I did feel like that Panic album just felt too much Fall Out Boy. And I know people who don't really, they're not familiar with it either. It was Vices and Virtues, right? Yeah. I'm not even sure what it was. was that was, was the, the one with like the, the, um, it had the picture of the pool on the front. No, that's Death of a Bachelor. Oh. Yeah. Um, the Vices and Virtues is the one with uh, Brendan and whoever the drummer was before he got fired yeah. at the time on the cover. Yeah. But it, it was fully produced by Butch, but he had one song on there because like there's only witches or something at the very end, mm -hmm. which she had just a wild fucking production style, which reminded me a lot of uh, Left of Self Saturday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but I definitely know people who aren't that familiar with either band when they hear songs off of those records are like, oh, is this Panic or Fall Out Boy? Mm -hmm. um, and it definitely 
kind of validates me being like, oh, this sounds like the exact same thing. I mean, which also produced Immortals. Always thought like, yes, they had their own sounds, but like, Fever You Can't Sweat Out came out, and then I felt like the next Fall Out Boy record, which was wasn't that Infinity and High at that point, like sort of went more in that like produced pop direction and mm-hmm. then Panic at the Disco came out with like their Beatles record Pretty and then odd. you know and yeah. like they sort of were always in the like afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's just me. I could well they're both on the same record label. Yeah. Yeah. Well and the Fallout Boy signed them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. After Brandon Urie sent in his like songs via fucking live journal or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Internet stuff back in the day. It's yeah. probably like a private MySpace message. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say the one song I was really had high hope for. Uh, I hate that I just did that. <laughs> but that's oh, what you're so broke. <laughs> that's what we do here. So that's how we know you're really truly a guest. It was totes approach. Um, so I'm not a fan of Taylor Swift. So there's a few songs I like. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, just not a fan in general. Yeah. Um, but when I found out she liked Butch, I was like, new respect. And then I heard that he was producing a song, and Ed Sheeran was on it, and I love it. I love Ed Sheeran. But then the song came out. I felt it was slightly overproduced. And I just, I didn't like it. And I was really sad. That, all again, though, that might not be his fault. Yeah. Because especially, like, recent years, Ed Sheeran has a habit of... Being terrible. Being on overproduced songs. Yeah. So, like, just yeah. making, like, all of the different synth levels, and there's yeah. so many, like, different syncopated drum beats happening, and it all just sort of, like, loses itself. Yeah. And I know that that wasn't, I mean, that was pretty early for Ed Sheeran, but that was still, you know, yeah. I could I could definitely hear his influence on that one. Yeah. Because I think he also co-wrote it. I think so. I, but also, the whole reason that she, he came on her radar is because one day when he came back from an acoustic show, he made a weird little YouTube video of him making an entire band from scratch doing You Belong yeah. With Me. And it gave up to the point where like she like really dug it. She tweeted about it. Yeah. People were like, who the fuck is this guy? And then at the 2010 Grammys, she invited him on yep. stage to play the mandolin yeah. like with her band to play it. And I remember like yeah. watching the broadcast being like, is that fucking Butch? Was Holy it, shit! Was that the performance that Stevie Nicks was also on stage? Probably. I don't explicitly recall. That. Yeah, but yeah, he was in the echelon of the greats, and I'm just yeah. like, yes, please, thank you, yes. But I'm pretty sure she liked him before he did that video oh. covering her song because I think she had tweeted something about being at his show, like right before or after her oh, wow. show, like the same night she was performing or something. I don't remember exactly, but yeah. my friend pointed it out and was like, "Oh, Taylor likes Butch," and I was like. What now? <laughs> you know, and it's one of the things, as much as Taylor Swift is a calculating machine, let's be real, uh, the thing is, on Big Machine Records, uh, she also, it, sometimes those nice things, because actually one of our former guests for this podcast, uh, Bobby Evers, uh, he interviewed Dashboard Confessional like a couple weeks after she threw a birthday party for one of her friends, and her favorite artist of all time was Dashboard Confessional, and then of course she's Taylor Swift. She just got Chris Carabra to course, show up yeah. and like play all their songs, and so like Bobby was like asked him about the, like how was that? He's like surreal. Oh, like, yeah. on you know, fucking Taylor Swift's Instagram feed, and all of a sudden people are just like, oh my god, fucking yeah. dashboard, yeah. I recently did a list for uh, Yard Barker of uh, the like the best cuts, the ultimate playlist from MTV Unplugged, because you remember those from back oh, in yeah. the day? And one of them was MTV Unplugged, Dashboard Confessional, and I'm like, why? 
he is already fucking unplugged. Why do we need to <laughs> an album of him unplugged? That's funny. You heard you heard a song on acoustic guitar. Had you heard him do his songs on acoustic guitar? Like, <laughs> I don't know, it was just so yeah. weird, redundant. Uh, yeah, but no, Butch is nice. I just it's one of the things where it's been so long since he's put out new music. He's put out a few scant singles. Uh, we put on his cover of uh, Eye of the Tiger the other night. Uh, as Taryn described it, oh, it's a gorilla song. Oh, it's a Lumineer song now. Uh, like, it was just, it was just <laughs> yeah. interesting. Well, there was yeah. one other cover where it came on and oh, it was like... Oh, Tovalo. He did Tovalo's Talking Body. Oh, yeah. And that was like solid. But I, I like was that. like, yeah. this is basically just his cover of You Belong With Me, except it's Tovalo this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. a good song. I dig her a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, the thing is that he is, I keep forgetting, like, and just looking at this research week, I was just blown away by how many songs that he'd done that I'm just like, yeah, I fucking heard that. Of course I fucking heard that. Oh my God, I've yeah. heard that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great. He did tell the story. He was on a, he's a very good friend with Monahan of Train. He's produced mm-hmm. quite a few Train songs yeah. of the latter era. And uh, he went on, he talked about, like, he loved Kiss, obviously, as a kid. That was his big thing. And somehow he convinced his dad to take him to see a show. And his mom was there and the two, his two sisters, too. And I remember, like, he was, like, losing his mind because, like, they're in fucking Georgia and Kiss is playing here. He's so excited. This is Kiss. And then, like, he sees them do the fucking Kiss things. Like, at one point, the guitar, like, they're strumming it, strumming it. And then it just fucking rises yeah. into the ceiling like it was on strings the whole time, then explodes and this thing just sparks. It's just like, this is, I want to be a rock star forever. And his dad was like stone faced sober and just like, what the fuck are these yeah. people doing the whole time? And I'm just like, that sounds amazing. Uh, I mean, I don't think I've taken my parents to see any shows that they would disapprove of, but I don't, I don't. The only show I took my mom to see was Butch Walker. <gasps> really? Yes. Like, prior to that, we hadn't been to a show since, like, NSYNC, when she was taking me. Wow. So, um... During the pop tour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the second time we went to see them, she was more excited than I was. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh Big NSYNC God. fan. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, I took her to see Butch Walker, and she actually enjoyed it. And I, I wasn't sure if she'd like it live, but he's just so amazing. He starts out with these, like piano ballads very slow and then he gradually grows in and then all of a sudden you get hit with like just a rock star wall of sound yeah. and it's so fun nice. you guys i'm gonna drag you guys next time he's oh, there absolutely please, please. Like, I would you guys that. are coming when with the dates me get announced like yes. let's make it happen yeah. I'm so there for it. I mean, we've seen artists after we've uh, recorded about them too so i'm i'm all for continuing that tradition the real question though who gave you the best mixtape that you've ever had? Or even all the sad songs ain't that sad. I feel like I haven't been given that many mixtapes. Really? Yeah. Oh. Playlists? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, I had this friend, Andrew, and I mean, in high school, I was kind of struggling because all of my friends didn't, they weren't the emo kids that I was. <laughs> and so I always kind of struggled. So I had this one friend that, like, we would go to shows together. Um, and so we would pass music back and forth. So... I would definitely say him, but yeah. I remember, like, in terms of mixtapes, like, I've received, I made mixtapes a fucking art. I was so good at it. Uh, and the thing is, I do playlists now, and it's just not the same. I still yeah. like a mix it's CD. It's so format. not the same. Exactly. Like, you can do it, but it's just like, I like having that immediacy towards it. But uh, at the same time, though, I did some great ones. So whenever someone gave one to me, I was always highly skeptical of it. And yeah, I give yeah. credit to my buddy Tony. He gave me some, like, stuff that kind of expanded my mind back in the day. But I remember 
Taryn gave me one, which was it was like the second one he ever gave me when we were early in a relationship, and it had you know some K-pop stuff on there. But it also, it's one of the things where his family is very large, and there's a lot of traditions to it. So there's a lot of songs on there that are kind of a part of that. So I can't remember the name of it, uh, but there's the one that uh, Johnny's a, Peter's a sunflower now. Uh, oh, that one? Larry's a sunflower. Now. A, yeah, yeah. A sunflower. Now. It's like a it's a children's song. Grows it's off like a children's record by Peter Himmelman. But it's yeah. like even you know the rest of the album is dumb children's songs. But that's like okay, the lyrics are ridiculous, but it's just like a solid track. Yeah, I just remember that one. That's probably the one that immediately comes to mind in terms of <laughs> good ones I received. I really don't remember any. I'm just like assuming that it was. One, like, I have no idea. Yeah. I, off the top of my head, the one where I, like, you know, I listen to, like, I have a playlist of, like, all of my favorite songs of all time, and I go through and realize, like, oh, like, nine of these songs came from this mix CD that my sister Brie made me in high school called The Improper Bostonian. I can, like, picture her writing of all the tracks on it. Um, You know, it had, like... No Doubt on it. It had um, How You Like Me Now by The Heavy. It had me, like, Hang Me Out to Dry by Cold War Kids. Just, like, songs that, like, still to this day... Performative. Really, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I didn't... And I almost, like, didn't realize how formative of a mix CD it was until, like, years later. Yeah. When I go, oh, wow, that's why I know all these songs. That's Season so two of The Chartographer's Bria Bell is a guest on our No Doubt episode. I just want to point out. <laughs> just do this. And she... Probably will be again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Was she was on our follow up boy episode. That's true. Yeah. I just remember some people that like I was not friends with, but I wanted to be their friend because they like listened to the same music as yeah. I did, whatever. Um, they were talking about Brand New one day, and I had never listened to Brand New, and I really that was like my first taste of emo music, and then from there I got into Taking Back Sunday, which is. Aside from Butch Walker, my favorite band. But I feel like hearing other people's influence, it was kind of my mixtape because I never got mixtapes mm-hmm. from people because my friends were listening to like the Jonas Brothers, which I also love, but mm-hmm. also like I felt like I couldn't admit that I liked that kind of music. And then I also didn't fit in with the kids that liked my music. So I kind of kept to myself and yeah. didn't really get those mixtapes. I will say that's one of the things where uh, like, I mean, I remember like liking music a lot, but I've made a point to like expand my horizons. And honestly with this podcast, when we do so many different artists oh, yeah. and like certain ones, like when I do fucking uh, talking heads or Gus or like someone that's not my thing, it's great because I can talk to other people. Music is always a common thread with everyone. So like if you're able to, it's like a social currency. Oh, yeah. And if you're able to talk to someone about like, oh, I know of this rap artist, I can speak to that or this metal artist or this whatever. Like it's just great because like it's a way to connect with people very quickly and very instantly. Mm-hmm. It's just fantastic to be able to do that. So it's a shame that more people know about Butch Walker in that documentary out of focus, even the fans lining up for his London show are like, every time I mention him to someone, they're like, who? And I'm like, you know, it's just, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a cult artist, but he's like one of the biggest cult artists, like legitimately. I remember the day that we found out we both liked mm-hmm. Butch Walker, we were standing by the coffee yep, machine I at work. By the corner, by the yep. way. Yeah. And was I like going to his show or something? I just remember I asked you like, hey, so because we're just we've seen each other enough at work, yeah. I'm just like, uh, so hey, I'm just wondering, do you have any favorite artists of all time? Because we're talking about music somehow yeah. or something tangentially yeah. related. And you literally said like you wouldn't have heard. I was like, I don't think you'll like know him because I'm so used to everyone being like, who? So I just start off with like, he's just like this producer turned like songwriter, songwriter, yeah. you know, like he does his own stuff. So I kind of have to always preface it. And then as soon as I said that, you're like, oh my God. And I was like, 
Thank God. <laughs> and I've had that experience with like three other people. Oh my God. Um, one of them is the one who got me in to meet him. Um, and then a friend in high school, we realized we both really liked him. So um, it's kind of really fun when you get that because yeah. it's rare. And it's like you both are like, it's kind of what I feel like when you have a very nice car and you see someone else <laughs> with the same car and you do that like nod at each other. Because also, as soon as like you said your favorite artist is Butch Walker, I'm like, we are like connected now. Yeah. Like, because like that thing, like that's such a niche thing to like yes. know that person that is like as obsessed. I'm like, absolutely. And yeah. I knew, I knew from that moment on that even though we didn't have a podcast at the time, one day you would be, you would <laughs> so be on many this years podcast. Later, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because I feel like, wait, just, you, like, we hadn't even started the podcast. That was yet? like I want to say 2016, so maybe oh, even yeah, before so we started legitimately. So yeah. And Damn. if we had started it, I definitely wasn't thinking of Butch Walker that we'd ever be doing it right wait it was right around the time that uh stay gold came out yeah so yeah, yeah so, exactly oh, right, yeah. You got her the yeah. yeah and yeah. guess what yeah. congratulations bushwalker you are the 49th artist that we've done for this wow. entire podcast we're coming up on 50 right now which is just <laughs> check your watch yeah <laughs> because like you have all of the artists written oh, yeah. on your wrist you got oh. them tattooed <laughs> oh look it's guster o'clock but, uh, <laughs> Uh, but that being said, any, any other butch stories, anything else you want to toss out there in the world so that we have it? Oh man, I'm sure there are, but I can't think of any it's right fine. now. I know, you told us so many great ones already, and let me just say, Sarah, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say, you mentioned B-sides, so if you can't think of any right now, that's fine, we can cut this, but... I remember the Heartwork EP came out, which I had for, I actually have the physical CD of yeah. it, which had like mixtape, I think one other song off of Letters, and then also had like a cover of the Cars, My Best Friend's Magic Girl. It had uh, another one, it was like uh, Late Flight Out, I think was the name of the song. Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah. it's something pop, the sky looks like an astro pop. Yes, exactly. yes. I remember that, and just like, like, oh, there was a fun little one that he kind of tossed out I there. I forgot about that yeah. one. Yeah. That's probably my favorite. I totally forgot that existed. Oh my yeah, the Hardwork EP. It's on oh, iTunes. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. It's on Spotify. I did find yeah. that out. It's uh, always so weird to, to like, I mean, because obviously we all know Spotify doesn't have everything, mm -hmm. but yeah. like to go to an artist where like, like you mentioned earlier, like you discovered during the LimeWire days. So like mm -hmm. you heard the original demo of this song probably, and then yeah. you go to play it on the album and you're like, this isn't right. What's happening? Yeah. And then it's like, you go on YouTube and you find the version you want and it has like 80 plays. Yeah. Or like, or like, yeah. And you were probably half of them. <laughs> right, right. Or yeah. like, you some some like B side where you're like, I can't remember what this is called, but I know it's this artist. Why isn't it here? Like, it's this this era of music is so funny for that. Right. And yeah. even when we wait when I broke out the Out of Focus DVD, I remember like popping it out and just like in this white DVD case to play it. Yeah. And just like, I wonder how many copies of this he has at his place. Like, okay. how many unsold copies of it. Because, like, he's enough of a cult artist where he can release a DVD of a documentary about his own life, about basically the making of The Spade, uh, and have it, like, sell well enough to support it. But, yeah. Have you guys seen Leaving the Game on Lucky Street? No. His live album? No. So, I had wanted this so bad. I was scouring eBay for months and months oh, and months. Really? Had an alert set up. And finally one popped up. I paid like a ridiculous amount of money, especially for how young I was. I was working at Target. Like I didn't have money to drop. Like it was like 80 bucks. Oh my God. Wow. And I like finally get it. And then literally a couple months later, he puts it on his online store for like $20. God no. I was the like, worst. what? 
It, oh. it was years worth of waiting. The two, most, <laughs> the two most egregious purchases I ever made, I'll tell you. One was for the movie, for uh, the soundtrack for a 2003-2004 German film called Control. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite movies of all time. It is a movie about uh, ticket takers in the subway, and it's like a surrealistic drama comedy action horror sci-fi. Like, it's just is like it all German? these different... I showed it to you once. I thought it was like Polish. Oh, it may have been. Or like... But the, the, artist, the artist who did the soundtrack is uh, Neo. He is German, and it is like one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. This like crazy mix of electro sounds that was just immediate and catchy. And I remember to buy the CD because it's only available in Germany. And so at the time, I legitimately I didn't even have like Google Translate wasn't even a thing, or it wasn't. I didn't know about it, so yeah. I literally had the Amazon page, Amazon.de and Amazon.com, and I had another CD, and I just started clicking through on the like both of these <laughs> ones like, at the same time. Make sure to that make you sure like I was yeah, because like the buttons are in the same place. Yeah, so I had to do that, and I oh, spent like funny. about eighty dollars on there. But the yeah. worst one of all time was the soundtrack to the Edgar Wright Simon Pegg uh, TV show Space before they did Shaun of the Dead, which is a phenomenal TV show, very nerd culture heavy from like you know early two thousand late nineties. And the soundtrack is amazing because it's an Edgar Wright soundtrack, so of course it's goddamn amazing. Bought it. There was no other version available, and it's the only time I would ever have it. It's not on Spotify or any of that shit. Hundred dollars for that CD. Yeah. One hundred dollars. It's still in my collection now. I have no regrets. My only other one was um, the singer of the Academy is, which another Bush Walker production. Remember, right? Yeah. Um, Didn't he do it, that like whole album? I think he did yeah. a couple songs. And then okay. he was like in the music video. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so good. Um, again, when like two of my favorites coming together, love it. Um, but the singer of the Academy is had this band. Uh, remember Maine and I also waited for one of those albums to come up but that like it was bad it was like just like bedroom recording back before bedroom recording sounded good yeah and I I just somehow needed to purchase that and spend like another $80 on that even though oh that's rough yeah I remember uh remember I remember the band Lost Profits just like in the whole like new metal-ish kind of Linkin Parky band like I'm gonna find my own Linkin Park and Lost Profits was it and just like <laughs> they were like they were like band they had Last Train Home which is like oh this is a good yeah. song and then the lead singer was a fucking pedophile and was arrested for trying to buy a baby and uh, essentially like it was like he was immediately jailed so the rest of the band were like okay we're gonna get together with Jeff Rakeley the vocalist from Thursday and we're gonna form a new band and it's gonna be produced by uh, Dave Fridman of the Flaming Lips uh, and I'm just like well, fuck, I gotta hear what this sounds like, and it's boring as shit. And it was just like, it was <laughs> so disappointing. I know, it's just like always those things. Anyway, long story short, Butch Walker, we love you, we yes. appreciate you, and honestly, you've heard what we've done. You might be able to produce this podcast a little bit better. So if you wanna get in touch with us, <laughs> thechartographers at gmail.com, or just leave your contact info in the review that you leave for us on iTunes or Apple Music or whatever. But guys, please follow us, like us, message us. If you find us on Facebook, please drop us a line. We love hearing feedback, we really, really do, especially about Butch Walker, which we're all very passionate about we love them dearly but in the meantime though sarah and i mean this thank you so much for being here this has been a dream come true thank you for letting me babble about my favorite artist yeah absolutely <laughs> it's our like favorite pastime is yeah, having love people it. over we've love done it 49 babble. times and with yeah. luck we'll do it for 49 more but no more than that we won't reach 100 <laughs> i want it to be like you know people yeah. pining for us we <laughs> Fuck syndication. <laughs> We're yeah. doing 99 episodes. Exactly. We're just going to hold that away from you. Uh, in the I meantime, couldn't think of the word syndication. Okay. <laughs> it took me so long. Anyway, sorry. All right. In the meantime, though, you're all our tainted angels, a.k.a. South Gang, and we appreciate you, so please... Stop that. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, keep on listening because you know that we'll be... Have a good one, guys. Goodbye.
Turn it down? Just a little bit. That looked great. Okay. When you screamed yay, it didn't even clip. Hey! Oh. Yeah. Just a teeny tiny itty bitty. A teeny tiny itty bitty. Oh, <laughs> down there, kind of boy. Uh. <laughs>